The MHI Industry Leadership Podcast brings together the solutions, providers, and thought leaders of the materials handling industry to talk about trends, technologies, solutions, and best practices to move the industry forward. Christian Dow is the Executive Vice President of Membership and Industry Leadership at MHI. In each episode, Christian will be talking to the leaders and members of MHI's industry groups. Let's join him now. In this episode, we will be diving into the topic of automating e-commerce and fulfillment shipping processes and how ROI, return on investment, differs for every operation. Our guests today are Stephen Wilson, Account Executive at Slate River Systems Incorporated, and Alex Kincaid, Sales and Marketing Manager at StreamTech Engineering, both of whom are members of the SLAM Industry Group. With their extensive experience and expertise in the industry, they will be sharing their insights and perspectives on the benefits and challenges of automating e-commerce and fulfillment shipping processes and how to determine the ROI for your specific operation. So sit back, relax, and join us for this insightful conversation on the MHI Industry Leadership Podcast. So welcome, Stephen. Welcome, Alex. Stephen, would you please tell us a little bit more about yourself and about SRSI or Slate River Systems Incorporated? Sure. Um, So I have been in this role for about the last six to eight months but my experience has been over 20 years in operations, uh, running shifts, uh, running buildings for multi-billion dollar companies, and then going into more of an IT role, um, doing system commissioning, testing, integration. Um, when I moved to Slate River, I worked extensively on ASRS um, commissioning and deployments, uh, as well as software development. And then again, like I said, last six to eight months, transitioning into an account executive role. Uh, Slate River Systems is an integrator. We uh, work with companies on finding the best solution for their operation to help not just automate, uh, but make things uh, make things easier uh, and more more efficient for their operation. Excellent, Alex. Would you tell us a little bit more about yourself and about Stream Tech Engineering? Sure. Uh, I have been with Stream Tech Engineering for about two years now. Um, been working with the marketing and sales group. Um, and Stream Tech Engineering is a little unique in that we, we specialize in fulfillment automation from picking to uh, shipping and sortation. Um, we have our own warehouse control software and uh, PLC controls that drive the uh, systems that we develop. Um, so we can kind of handle... Um, the fulfillment area, as well as some areas that are connected to that throughout the the warehouse. I'll say that both of your organizations are very involved in the SLAM industry group, and I'm and I'm very aware that you're both uh, experts in this in this area. So let's dive into the uh, to the topic. So we'll start with Alex. Alex, do you find that customers tend to move straight toward developing a concept or solution to to their problem first, or do they seek an ROI first? It's a good question. Um, you know, typically when we get on a conversation with or a call uh, with with a prospect, um, they come to us with a very good understanding of what their problem is. Um, 
it's not nebulous. It's not like, hey, uh, we're inefficient and I don't know why or how to fix it. Help me. Um, that may be a factor of um, how our business is set up. They may already come to us with, hey, I know you do. You specialize in this area, so I need help. But I think a lot of times it's they're so ingrained in their business that they know where the bottlenecks are. They know where the cost is, is going. That's not efficient. Um, and it's not always labor. I know we'll get to different aspects of ROI, but it's not always one thing. It may be, um, we know it costs us too much to do this particular process, uh, with regard to labor. Uh, it, but it may also just be that we're not getting shipments out the door in a timely manner and that's costing us money. So um, they might be looking at a lot of different things to solve the problem. But usually they have an idea, yeah. Gotcha. Steven, do you see the same thing with the customers or the, the practitioners that come to you for, you know, to, to solve their challenges? Yeah, a lot of times, uh, just like Alex said, most of the people um, that we interact with, they come to us knowing their bottlenecks. There are those occasions where you know we'll be asked to come in and just evaluate an operation um, and see what bottlenecks we see, um, just to compare and contrast on their own to you know in case they've missed something. But for the majority, they have an idea of, of what those bottlenecks are and even how they want to fix it. Um, and they'll reach out to us, telling us, you know, hey, I think we we need to put in a print and apply, or we need to put in a, a, a pallet wrapper, whatever the case may be. Um, I would say probably half the time that's that's accurate and that really solves the problems for them. Um, but a lot, a lot of other times there's there's some other pieces, some lower hanging fruit that could really optimize the operation that they may not see at the time. So at least it, it gets us an opportunity to have a conversation, and that's where it starts. Excellent. So when looking at various solutions in the industry, what are the top three things you look for to help get the ROI, Stephen? Yeah, the first is the the labor bottleneck. Um, you know, is that an issue for them? Uh, for the most part, in every operation, that's that's the number one thing that we hear. Um, the the next is going to be uh, there, there's a there's a desire out there for a lot of companies to um, to automate. I would even say some over automate. Uh, there's a lot of there's a lot of cool technology out there. You know, there, there's a lot of new things happening. Every time you turn around, there's something new and exciting out there. Um, and there is a little bit of an appetite for that as well. Um, there's a lot of companies getting into that space and, uh, you know, it's appealing. You know, it's, you know, it's like eye candy, I guess, you know, seeing robots do, you know, this, that and the other. Um, you know, I, I would say, I would say those are really the biggest, the biggest things that we say. So labor, labor capacity, efficiency, you know, different things like that. How about, how about you, Alex? Yeah. Um, usually labor is, is a big driver for, uh, for customers. Um, there's also things like um, the efficiency around how an order is either packaged um, to reduce the size of the actual container or to make sure that we're capturing the right information to, to ship it most in the most efficient manner with their carrier. So they're not getting back charges and things like that. But, um, you know, Steven, one of the things that he hit on that I think is really is kind of interesting. I've kind of noticed the same thing is that there are flashy technologies out there 
that you see people kind of gravitate toward the thing that looks cool um, and is cool, frankly. Um, but then if you chase the new cool thing, you might be leaving some of the basics on the table, yeah. like making sure that you're not um, you're not paying too much for outbound shipments, making sure they're mm -hmm. sorted properly. I mean, some of these things are, if you're chasing the cool thing, you might be missing. So. Yeah. In the other, uh, in some of the other podcasts, we talk about things or topics like what, you know, conveyor cannot be replaced in all cases by AMRs, right? You just can't right. get the volume through on yeah. an AMR. AMR looks yeah. really cool running through your facility in a, you know, autonomously and just, you know, going from A to B and, and having a bunch of them run in sync. But uh, but it, sometimes a conveyor just can bring the volume from A to B if that's where you always have to go, you know. Yeah. And, and so there's a lot of use cases where the cool and the the attractive new equipment, which we obviously just saw a few weeks ago at, uh, at our, our last trade show, uh, is not always what's needed for an application. Sometimes there's a lot of things that are just best practices that have been a little bit more tried and true. Yeah. Uh, but then the things that you don't see, right? The software and, and the, the advances there that that really make the difference behind the scenes, but you don't really get the the visual, uh, the eye candy, if you will, of, of you know, a robot doing something. Well, and the robot can't um, label. You can't label on top of a robot. You can't tape on top of a robot. Right. Um I mean, there's, there's, it's good for what it does for going and getting items and bringing them. Um, but yeah, one of the advantages to old school conveyor is that you, it's not just a transportation device. It's a device that allows you to then label on it, identify things, tape things, um, put, put scales, dimensioners, in, weigh yep, them. Yep. Yeah. All of these things you might be able to weigh on a, do AMRs weigh things anyway? You could if you probably got to a, a, a static and level position, but yeah. you know, we typically scales are are you know leveled and you know just obviously um, you know set up for that position in that in that line, you know, rather than an AMR moving around the the floor and not knowing where you're at. And uh, but Stephen, you had a comment. Yeah, I was going to. You, you touched briefly on on the software piece, and that's one of the biggest things that I do see. There's um, see out there, there's a lot of, um, there's a lot of clients out there. There's a lot of companies out there where, you know, the software that they, that they used yesterday, um, isn't really going to get them a lot of the efficiency gains that they could get with, uh, I'm not going to say you have to have the newest software that's out there, but there's a lot of things that you can do with task interleaving, you know, with, uh, dynamic routing, with, with things like that, uh, within some of the newer platforms, uh, and the cost is actually a lot less than it used to be. Um, especially now that you have SaaS models um, and, you know, it's not as huge of a capital investment. It's not as huge of a, of a time, uh, time suck as it used to be to implement new software. Um, and then, but again, it's not something that you, you can't see it in your warehouse, implement new software. You're not going to see an AMR moving around. You're not going to see an ASRS crane with it. You know, you're, it's going to be behind the scenes, but you can get a lot of efficiency gains um, sometimes just with a new software platform that can give you a, a lot of things that um, your operation just may not have. Yeah, there's a, you know, we, the, a lot of the discussion early on with the slam group was, it, you know, the slam group is a lot more about what you don't see than what you see, right? It's the, the, yeah, these physical pieces of equipment that are, that are put together to make a line 
but then the software and things that happen behind it. And to your point, Stephen, a lot of the rules change with the shippers and a lot of the rules change with logistics and how things are you know, charged and you're trying to gain sustainability initiatives and and a lot of that can be handled through the the software, right? And you gain efficiency just in how you're doing things and and you know, lowering your costs and being more accurate and choosing the right, uh, you know, the right shipper um, or or method of transportation to get something to a, a customer. And those things can really make big impacts to your bottom line to your on your ROI, right? Yeah, yeah, especially from a quality standpoint. Yeah. One of the things that we found with software too is, um, is, you know, like our, our warehouse control software, for example, it will track when uh, it will see, it'll track, uh, it'll ver- track verification that we put the label on correctly. That we said that we were going to do uh, that. It went on the right box. We send all the, um, we send down what, what sort lane it went down. If there was an error that was associated with something, you know, what printer it was applied on, so that if all of a sudden printer number four is constantly seeing errors, there's something wrong with that device, right? Um, we uh, so we send all that we send weights and dims and all that stuff back to the you know, the the database. So they want to see all the information on their shipments and how did it go, and and we can send reports and things like that. So um, that that data exchange, and we see that in the sales process too. Um, some customers wait and, and say, how do you, how do we connect to your software until like way late in the game? And some of them say like on the first call, Hey, send me all the connections that we can do to your software. And, uh, and, and, uh, we, we kind of joke that like our, our engineer nerds like it when the customer gets their IT nerds involved. <laughs> uh, Early on. <laughs> yeah. They're like, Oh good. This is going to go well. So yeah, the, the integrations, you know, back in the day, you know, 10 years ago, that was the most difficult part. But now because it's become so much more standard, especially with the REST APIs, as opposed to doing a lot of file transfers that we used to do, um, it's just it's just become a lot easier and it's not as much of a headache. Um, I know a lot of projects that I worked on, you know, 10, 15 years ago, you know, just the, the testing back and forth with the data transfers, that was that was always a bottleneck. Now, you know, that's that's a lot of times in projects, that's some of the first things that are done and, you know, first milestones that we hit. So, Alex, what are the key factors customers look for in an automated fulfillment system? Um, typically, they have a throughput target that they need to hit. So they've got a daily volume um, that they they either need to hit for today or for peak season or for, um, for a future state. So they say, well, we wanna target, um, we wanna target a certain percentage of growth. Um, so when you install this thing six months from now, um, it, it better be faster than we are today by a certain margin. Um, and if we design for peak season or for some sort of a growth phase, then it gives them headroom to grow. So, um, so daily throughput is is for sure a high priority, and then um, making sure that we're connected to their software platforms for rate shopping, and and we're going to give them the most efficient um, 
the most efficient carrier um, for each package. So then we design the automation around their package sizes, their throughputs, and um, if they say we've we've got sixty sort lanes, then we better know how we're going to identify each sort lane and where the data is coming from and how we're going to handle it. So that's what they usually ask for. Stephen, yep. Yeah, so I would I would add, you know, definitely throughput is, you know, a big thing. You know, we look at, you know, current state peak and, you know, what's your three-year, five-year, or even 10-year growth uh, projections if you have it, so we can plan accordingly or at least design a solution that can be added on to easily in the future. Um, after that, I would go to labor avoidance. You know, getting a package from A to B, um, you know, is is great uh, as long as you know A to B is an actual direct labor function. But we try to look at uh, avoiding are those indirect tasks. You know those tasks for moving it from let's say one location to another just for it to move from that second location to the outbound, right? We eliminate all that indirect travel um, because it's just it's labor that doesn't really affect your bottom line. It doesn't help get units out the door but it's necessary. Even moving a stack of empty pallets, right? That's indirect labor. You're not doing anything. You're doing something that's needed, but it's not something that's adding to the end. And then quality, you know, quality is a, a big thing. You know, if you can, if you can add automation to improve your, your outbound quality, a lot of, a lot of clients that we talk to, uh, they get chargebacks. Chargebacks is a, it's a profit center for a lot of, uh, uh, you know, end users, but uh, inside of a warehouse, you know, it's a lot of times it's just a chargeback and you just, okay, well, you just chalk it up till we made a mistake. But if you add some automation, you add some software enhancements, you can actually track some of that stuff down. You can actually, um, you know, you can actually uh, cancel out some of those chargebacks and remove some of that cost. And that's a, uh, that's a big gain as well. Direct, directly impacting the the return on investment or the you know how yep. fast that equipment will pay for itself, right? Yep. Absolutely, exactly. Yeah, we had somebody just the other day uh, that you know I was mentioned the um, targeting a certain throughput. Uh, it's a bit of a tricky thing to say. We, our today our daily volume is this. During peak season, it is this. We're growing at a at a rate of x and so then we're going to target a size of uh, a system or a speed of a system for for you know why um the other day we had somebody that said uh, i was just looking at my notes they they do let's say a uh, thousand orders a day which isn't very high for uh you know our, a base print apply that we would offer is, is somewhere around eight thousand a day um is like the slowest it'll go um, but they said we are growing at 300%. And so we want to be, let's see, 300%. So we want to be designing for something three years from now. And it, we, we did this whole math and it got to like 40,000 a day is what they were targeting. Okay. And we're like, well, that, that is something that is way different <laughs> than what you're doing today. So it, it, you, we could give you something that's got 10 times the headroom today at a very basic price, or we could design something very complex that hits what you just told me. <laughs> um, so there's a balance. And 
Uh, and, the, and it's like, oh, by the way, it's like three or four times the price to do what you were looking for versus something that'll meet your needs for now and maybe a while, like a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, well, and if they're going to change that much in their volume, then their revenue is definitely going to be, you know, also going up. So then they'll they'll have more money to to put into the investment of the automation at that point. Yeah. too. So you're just like, OK, are we. Are you, yeah, what, what are we talking? Because I can sell you whatever you want necessarily, you know, I suppose. But, you know, th- then it comes down to when you follow their rules and what they tell you and you're and they call, call you back and say we, you're way overpriced. You're like, yeah, I followed what you the the the, the plan uh, and someone else didn't follow the plan and they were more practical. So you kind of have to balance the expectation. So. I think a lot of the a lot of times now, you know, it, it's looking at uh, doing phased approaches, um, you know, especially in those yeah. situations, because I, I, I see it a lot, too. And, you know, it's I, I said a little bit earlier, you know, you de- we designed something for your volume for peak for this year, but you give you but if you don't want the whole solution based on your three year plan of growing 300 percent, you know, which hell, that's a great problem to have. You know, Absolutely. I'm sure every company would love to be able to say that. That's their biggest problem, uh, but design a system that you know you can you can just add on to and and almost make it modular. Uh, and I think that's that's where a lot of companies are going now because they don't want to take that initial investment, especially with the way the market is. You know anything can turn at any time. You know so yeah, that's, uh, that's always yeah, been a good get, get your crystal ball out because uh, we don't yeah. know where it's going to no go idea. at this point. You know we we. Uh, it, the good topic around here is uh, VUCA, volatility, uncertainty, complexity, and ambiguity. And, you know, it was uh, a term created by the U.S. Army in 1985, but it's something that has never been truer every day that we say it. So it's like every, it, it becomes more and more true as time goes on. So, uh, Stephen, what's your biggest challenge you've faced when trying to determine the ROI for a solution? Good data. Um, you know, a lot of times the um, we'll we'll get some some data, some information. We'll go through, we'll analyze it, we'll develop a solution, um, and then you know we'll collaborate with you know on-site engineers and process owners and so on and so forth. Uh, and the data uh, that we're provided that you know that they pull uh, is a little bit different than what uh, the users on the floor actually see. So it's just. It's really just getting that good connection and understanding. Okay, I I know what the data tells me. You walk me through the data, so we try to do that uh, up front before we get too far down the design road. Because a lot of times, if we just take take the data, the raw data as it is, we develop a solution around it. There's a lot of times where we need to make make some changes based on based on the users on the floor. Yeah. Yeah, sometimes you get challenge. Yeah. (laughs) Well, I I think data, I mean, you're absolutely right. I mean, we we do a data, well, a couple couple things come to mind is you ask for certain data points and then it's like quiet. I need all these data points to develop a concept for you. And and then it's like totally quiet. And then like three or four days go by. Hey, when's the when can I expect an updated, you know, a quote? And and it's like, I need the data. to develop the solution for you. And I sent the data request. And so there, there's there's like a, sometimes there's some churn in, I really need this data. This is important. This is gonna really drive what we designed for you. Um, 
And so you're asking, it's a give and take. They're asking us for a solution and we turn around and throw it right back and ask them for a big data dump. And they're, they're like, no, I just want you to give me a solution. And so um, you kind of have a hybrid of, well, I'll get, I'll get a chunk of my data points, get us, get us on the right path. And then I'm going to need to ask for more. Um, and then the other thing we get is, is like, they send all your box sizes or something, you know, we need to, we need to have that as a data point to design to. And then you get a, an Excel spreadsheet with like a thousand lines and it's any box size from one to one, but to one to 100 to 100, 100 and everything in between. And it, we need to be able to do all of these things. It's like, okay, maybe, maybe some sort of carton designing system to limit these would help you. I mean, it's, you get a dump of just, it needs to be anything under the sun. Well, let's, let's come up with a way to limit these things because the automation can't just say, it can't just do anything. Uh, It needs to be designed to a certain parameter. So. Yeah, that's that's why I go back to the whole the, the the collaboration piece. You know, you're I think Alex, you know, you hit it you hit it on the head. You get sometimes you get some data that it's it's like okay, well, if you're using all these box sizes, you know, some low hanging fruit right now is let's just narrow it down to your top four, five, six because yeah. you're going to save money on Corrigan because Corrigan's expensive too. You know, and you know, let's save money on Corrigan and maybe you add some void fill. Right. Or maybe you you have a product that it doesn't need void fill. It can be in a slightly larger box uh, and it's going to ship fine. And, you know, you, you do some of that stuff. But uh, yeah. And then you start asking them what their high moving SKUs are. Well, what do you do? Mm-hmm. What do you what do you sell? I mean, like on a very basic level was well, shoes. OK, then, then you can design for that size item yep. or oh it's 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 vitamins okay it's vitamins and some and like then you start to develop well why why do i have a hundred different box sizes when what i'm understanding that you sell or that you fulfill is x there the why is there a million different sizes of this um you start to kind of dive into the the nitty-gritty there yep so alex let me let me ask you a question. And this is actually relating to the slam group, you know, as, as far as like, do you find that your, the, the companies, the, your potential customers that come to you, that they're highly educated about the, the details of each steps in the process for slam automation? Um, we get a mix. Um, you can tell pretty quickly who knows something about, how it works um when you say well we we you know we need to gather the the weights and dims and send those to your multi-carrier system or your tms or wms um and then they they point out like uh, i noticed at the trade show uh recently uh we had a little demo unit and between the weights and dim and the uh print and apply was like zero feet <laughs> and they're like don't you need some latency for and I, when people ask me that i'm like yes you get it this is a demo unit <laughs> you understand a thing or two about how this works um but then we get uh the biggest hang up that we get from folks is um we need some sort of an, a unique identifier for each package that can be a number of different things 
But if they don't do that today, um, if they don't have a unique identifier on the outside of each box today or bag or whatever, then they're like, you want us to apply a unique label so that you can apply a label. And I'm like, yes, yes. Or, or come up with some way of doing that, mm -hmm. you know? So we get a mix, but that's the biggest hang up is when they're like, well, you want, I need to apply this so you can apply that. Well, we don't have, the automation isn't smart enough to know what you just put in there and where it's going. You, you need some way of tracking it along the way, UPC code to a database or something, an LPN or something. Yep. License plate number. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Stephen, did you have anything to add to that? Um, but I mean, honestly, Alex pretty much hit it on the head. Um, a lot of most of the, it, it is a good mix. Um, when they know it, um, they're it's pretty much in their introductory email or that that first conversation. You can tell what they know and what they don't know. Um, what's what is pretty cool to watch that I'll tell you is when when I get those clients that really don't know anything about it. And we start going through, hey, this is what a print apply can do. This is where, you know, something as simple as a uh, as a pallet wrapper, you know, there's a lot of hanging fruit there, but they've they've never seen it um, or they've never really known about it. And I, I do get uh, clients like that. And as soon as I walk them through the process, their eyes get all big and they get real excited. And then it's like, and hey, just so you know, this isn't brand new technology. This is proven technology. So when we go through numbers and we go through ROIs, you know, these are the data points, you know, and that's, that's really cool to see, to, to see the reaction because all of a sudden they're like, now they're really bought into it. But on, on the flip side, once they see that they start going into rabbit holes and then they start sending yeah. you videos of an autonomous robot. They see a pro mat and how cool that would be. So, you know, <laughs> then they get on the cool factor and you got to yeah. explain why, okay, <laughs> this is not proven. And here's where your bottle, you know, bottlenecks yeah. will happen. It's very cool, <laughs> but it's not, you know, necessarily the, the most effective solution yeah. at this time. So there are many, uh, obviously many different parts of an operation that can use solutions to improve the process. And, and uh, starting with you, Stephen, what are some of the biggest success stories you can pull from your experience that gave the best ROI to an operation? Uh, so I would say uh, uh, our ASRS, uh, it's multi-directional uh, pallet shuttle, you know, being able to um, store and retrieve product from, from inbound to outbound and doing it completely dark um, for a product to get from, from, you know, from inbound dock to outbound dock, I think is, is outstanding. Um, you know, I talked, I talked earlier about indirect labor and just moving, moving something from one side to the other and doing cross docking and things like that. You know, it's a, it's a great solution. Um, the ROI, um, the ROI is there. It, it's easily proven. Um, and they integrate really well uh, with other types of automation. Um, you know, I've, I've, I've done that uh, when I first came to Slate River. And uh, I, like, I mean, it, it's probably been the most fun project I've ever worked on. Alex? Yeah, we've had uh, a couple of things come to mind. We have a, a client that runs a fragrance uh, related company and um, they're doing about 30 thousand orders a day with like 15 people in the entire warehouse and um 
you know, it sounds like that sounds like a, a good chunk of folks, but um, that's that's a lot per person uh, if you were to break it down by individual. Um, that was an, a unique solution where we were able to combine some packaging machinery that uh, you know develops uh, the designs the box around the actual item, um, and then that allows the automation to be so much more efficient. Um, we can control exactly how thin the conveyor can be, guide everything uh, a lot more efficiently. And it, once you control the packaging, um, it just makes it a lot more efficient. So um, the other thing that comes to mind, we had someone just recently that said, when you know, they were ready to buy, a, uh, it was a slam line. And they said, uh, how fast can we get it? because I just was out there today and we've got like eight people doing this job today and it's costing us about $400 a, a day in labor alone. So I'm going to pay for your equipment in like six months or something. Uh, so if, if you can shorten the time that I get it, I just save more money. And we had had some discussions and then once the, they'd said that they went out and checked it out on the actual floor, um, they were like, Oh my gosh, I'm sending this to the finance team right now. Let's get it done. How fast can we get it? <laughs> I was like, cool, you get it. So Yeah, you know, it's it's. I want to add on to that. Uh, you know, I had a client reach out, same exact thing, trying to get orders out the door. And it was simply, hey, we've never seen a print apply. What can that do? I took them to a site. I showed them a, a massive system with about five print apply lines, um, tying right into a shipping sorter. And they were wowed. They're like, oh, my God, this looks so cool. This could really help us out. But how fast can you get it? Because we need it before peak. You know, and this was, you know, peak started in about eight weeks. And like, um, let's let's see what we can do. And, you know, they needed to go live, you know, in eight weeks. And we actually got them. We got them up and running in production about two days prior to that target. And they went through peak. Uh, peak actually went so well for them that all of a sudden they started getting a lot more orders. And um, now they're, you know, they're, they're looking at adding more automation because of it. So it's really pretty cool. I have a, simple, I have a funny, but, go, go ahead. Sorry. Oh, no, I was just going to say very simple solution, but, you know, a great solution. I have a funny story from a, a previous life or a previous role where one of my team was visiting a potential customer on a print and apply application with an integrator. And this company had such problems with turnover and all kinds of issues. They're in the Las Vegas area and they had problems with people just kind of, you know, they'd show up one day, wouldn't show up the next, show up a couple of weeks later, they'd lost their job. They were, you know, would threaten the, the, uh, you know, the operations people for, you know, because they lost their job and everything. And, and they said, well, can you show me an example? And they're like, yeah, we're going to go right next door in the same you know, business park, we're going to go right next door. And they're like, well, they don't do anything. They don't have any cars. There's nobody working there. And they're like, exactly. That's the point. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so in yeah. this case, they were able to, uh, you know, not only save the ROI, but also maybe uh, save a few threats and things like that. <laughs> yeah. you know? There's a little more of a personal stake in it, but uh, yeah. yeah. Well, one thing that, and that brings up, you know, and Steven mentioned this earlier is like, we had someone very recently uh, when when 
um, someone like us in the C-suite will, will say to their operations team, hey, go identify areas where I know this is inefficient, go identify areas where we can improve. And we get those folks and they're they're and if they're green to the automation, they they might say, you know, we we need to drive this down as low as prices we can get it. Like, hey, I like this solution. Let's and then they're they're focused on how cheap can I get it so that I can give this to my CEO and say, I've I found this thing that's and it's only this much. But then when when we um, we recently had it where they brought the owner and they brought the CEO to one of our sites and said, and all of a sudden the conversation is totally different. And the, the, the guy's like, Hey, when can you come to our building with your, with your leadership? Um, we'd like to discuss how can we automate like everything? Cause this looks amazing. And then, then price isn't as big of an issue because when they get it, it's a totally different conversation. So and I think that's where, you know, folks like Alex, like myself, I think that's where we uh, kind of come in, help lend our expertise, because it's, you know, we're we're really solution experts. So we're not tied to what's the cheapest out there, what's going to be the lowest cost. It's going to be what's the what's the most efficient, what's what's the best solution out there, um, you know, because it, as integrators, you know, we don't, you know, if we were to let's say we, we we sold a solution that was just a cheaper option, you know, that's not good for us, you know, for a couple of reasons, you know, one, it's just, it just makes it look like we're just trying to sell anything. And that's not really the case. We want to solve a problem. It's not about a sale. It's about solving it, solving a, solving a problem. Um, but two, you know, we're the ones that are going to go through the project management, the engineering, the implementation. And if it's a cheap solution, that's not really going to work well. It's a headache for our commissioning team, for our engineering team, um, for all of us as well. So, you know, there's no, it, it's not beneficial for anyone really just to go with the cheapest, you know, it's, it's who are the proven vendors that you, that we've used that we would bring to the table, you know, uh, along with our own solutions internally. Yeah. And that's kind of what we do. Yeah. And that's where it's like you get the data points, right? It's like, don't give me, don't start with the, the price of the item. Start with the, the solution that you're solving, the problem you're solving. If, if the problem you're solving is worth the money, then that's what you want to focus on. And if there's an ROI related to problem, like the problem that you're dealing with, whether it's too much labor or too much high shipping costs or um, oh, yeah, or we're not getting shipments out the door. And so we're losing money because we can't get things fulfilled quick enough. Um, right. Yeah, that, that's a better number to focus on than the dollar amount that you're spending on the equipment. Yeah. So, Excellent. Alex, would you like to, to do a little plug for the SLAM industry group and what it means to participate and why people should go to mhi.org slash SLAM? Sure. You get to hang out with Christian Dow. First of all, that's the number one, number one plug. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, sure. No, it's, it's a great group. Um, it's, it's a lot of fun because you're pulling in people from a wide variety of um, solutions, providers, integrators. You've got people from scanning to software, to conveyance, to um, uh, print and apply. You've got a, a a lot of different folks involved in developing a good solution. And so they're really looking to 
collaborate with one another and um, it's a lot of fun. So, yeah. So thank you. And thank you for joining us on the MHI Industry Leadership Podcast, where we've explored the topic of automating e-commerce and fulfillment shipping processes and how to determine the ROI for your specific operation. We hope our guests, Stephen Wilson and Alex Kincaid from the SLAM Industry Group, have provided you with valuable insights and perspectives on the benefits and challenges of automated fulfillment systems. From the importance of determining the total cost of ownership and the key factors customers look for to the biggest success stories and challenges faced when calculating ROI, we've covered a lot of ground in this episode. If you have any questions or comments or would like to hear from you, please feel free to reach out to us at mhi.org slash slam or on social media. You can follow the LinkedIn page, MHI Warehouse Automation, or connect through us through the MHI LinkedIn page as well. And don't forget to subscribe to the podcast to stay up to date on the latest industry trends and insights. Thank you for tuning in. We look forward to bringing you more thought-provoking conversations with the industry leaders and experts on the MHI Industry Leadership Podcast. Thank you for joining the MHI Industry Leadership Podcast. Join us next time to learn more about the trends, technologies, solutions, and best practices that are moving the industry forward.